What's up? Welcome back to the podcast. Been a little while, but we're back. And I am thankful that you're taking some time tonight or this morning or this afternoon or wherever you are, whenever you are listening to this. Thankful for you taking the time to listen to this week's episode of the podcast. It's going to be a very different flow, I think, for the podcast today because I want to take you into something that I've been studying personally, um, something that's been a study that I've been doing from the Bible recently about this topic of foolishness, and I've entitled this episode, Characteristics of a Fool. And so, obviously, the point of this podcast is not for you to be a fool. The point of the podcast is going to be giving you warnings, giving you some targets to avoid when it comes to being foolish, according to the Bible. And so, I was just uh, in my study time, and I felt in my spirit just to study this out, what does the Bible say a fool is? And... If you read the Bible, especially if you read the Psalms, the Proverbs, the book of Ecclesiastes, uh, we call those the wisdom books, you'll know if you've read those that there's many, many verses that will say, and the wise man does such and such, and the fool does such and such. And there's many, many verses in those three books of the Bible uh, that deal with wisdom and foolishness, two things um, that we have to choose a side as Christians and as people that live in this world to live according to the word of God, which is wisdom, because the Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and then foolishness. So this episode is going to be dealing with the other aspect of foolishness and from the Bible. First of all, what is foolishness? What are some traits and some characteristics of foolishness? Because whether you need to not be a fool yourself or whether you need to be able to discern and decide if people that you keep company with or maybe someone that you're even in a closer relationship with is a fool or not. (laughs) And so I believe this podcast will help you today. And again, this might be a different flow than my usual episodes, but I think this will help somebody. And it's helped me just studying it out and things I've never seen before. And uh, the Bible is just so awesome because it's so full of wisdom, obviously, especially where we are going to be reading and studying today together. Um, But the Bible is so awesome. Like, you'll read something for the first time, and it's powerful. It, It might be something that jumps out at you. But then you read it again and again, and it's like the Bible always has layers to it. There's always more to discover and learn with God. And I believe that the most personal way that you can grow closer to God is by having a better grasp and understanding of His Word. Because John 1.1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And so to more closely understand God, you need to more closely understand His Word. And so today I hope it will help you. And I've written down in my notes, I have notes for this. I have eight verses and also eight traits or characteristics that we're going to deal with of foolishness and fools. And so firstly, though, I want to give you the Strong's Hebrew Concordance definition. Those are some big words there. But basically, I want to go to the original language of what the Bible in the Old Testament, which is written in Hebrew, says a fool is or foolishness. So... This is what the Strong's Exhaustive Concordance says about fool, which in the Hebrew language translates to nabel, nabel, and it's spelled N-A-B-E-L, if you want to look that up yourself one day, or or maybe just want to know how it's spelled. Um, The Exhaustive Concordance definition is to wilt, generally to fall away, to fail, to faint, to be foolish or morally wicked, causatively to despise, disgrace, dishonor, lightly esteem, fade away, 
fall down, do foolishly, come to nothing, surely make vile and wither away. So that's a very long definition of the biblical Hebrew word nabeel, which is the word for fool in our language. But I'm going to say that one more time just because I think it's helpful to study the original language that the Bible is written in. The word for fool means generally to fall away, to fail, to faint, to be foolish or morally wicked, to despise, disgrace, dishonor, lightly esteem, fade away, fall down, do foolishly, come to nothing, surely make vile, and wither. I wanted to read that because it's very interesting, just that alone, just the Hebrew word for fool is very interesting to me. But you notice those words in there, to fall away, to wither, to come to nothing. I want to focus on those for a few minutes here in the beginning of this episode because foolishness will lead you on a path of nothingness. Foolishness will destroy your life. Foolishness and foolish behavior, foolish traits will cause your future to be stolen from you. There are a lot of things that won't go go well for you if you practice foolish traits. And so that's why this episode's important. Because if being a fool was a good thing, there would be no reason for me to warn you against it or warn you of the characteristics and traits of a fool. But the reason I'm taking time today on the podcast is because you have to understand something. There are fools all around you. (laughs) There are fools in the world. There are fools in places of authority. There are fools probably pretty much everywhere you can go. And so, and hope this is not the case, but there might be some foolish things that you need to take care of yourself, looking personally at at your life. And so, it's going to be a very helpful podcast today to understand um, not everything that fools do, because I, like I mentioned before, I have eight characteristics today. So I have eight things from the Bible that describe a fool, and most of them will be found in the book of Proverbs, because Proverbs is full of verses and information about wisdom and foolishness. And so that's why I'm taking time today to talk about this, because We don't need fools in the church. We don't need fools in the body of Christ. We need people that are wise. We need Solomons. We need people that will seek the word of God for decision making. We need people that will operate in God's intended way so that we can see God's intended result in our lives and in the church of Jesus Christ. And so dealing with foolishness, I want to firstly go to Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 15. The Bible says this, And all of these will be in the ESV except for one, I believe. But this is the ESV translation. It says this, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. That's Proverbs 12, 15. If you take notes, Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 15. I'll read it one more time. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. And so the first characteristic of a fool that I'm dealing with on the podcast today, and again, these are not an all-encompassing list. There are many more characteristics and traits of foolishness than eight, but I have eight today. And number one, a fool doesn't humble himself or herself to the instruction of the word of God. That's number one. A fool doesn't humble themselves to the instruction of the Word of God. A fool thinks that their way of doing things is the best way. A fool thinks they're the wisest person in the room. A fool thinks they can rely on their own strength in order to live their life. And so this is a very important characteristic to identify with fools because this particular trait also ties into pride. And the Bible says that pride cometh before the fall and a haughty spirit before swift destruction. And so foolishness and pride, what I found in my studying, 
is that they almost always go hand in hand. A foolish person will probably be a prideful person. And in Proverbs 12, 15, it deals with how a fool thinks. See, this entire verse here is describing the thought process of a wise person and a foolish person. And so it's very important because this should be the first thing you should master when it comes to desiring to be wise and desiring to get rid of everything that would be foolish or make you a fool. And so instruction of the word of God, counsel, wise counsel, the Bible says. That doesn't just include the Bible and the 1,166 pages of the Bible, as uh, Pastor Rod Parsley would say, but wise counsel can also mean your pastor. Wise counsel can also mean advice from your Holy Ghost-filled parents. Wise counsel can be a friend that you can trust and actually know the character of and receive advice from. Wise counsel is something that you'll have to discern for yourself what is wise counsel and what would be poor counsel. But one of the things that it says that a wise person does is they hearken unto wise counsel. And so another thing the Bible says is the first step of being wise is desiring wisdom. Desiring wisdom. And then understanding that wisdom comes from the Word of God. And so one of the best decisions that you can make, especially as a young person, because I know a lot of young people listen to these episodes, is you have to make up a decision within yourself to desire God's Word and to desire wisdom and to desire to not be a fool in this world full of fools. And uh, not saying that I'm the best advice in the world, but I can tell that people that listen to these episodes are those kinds of people. That just you taking time to listen to this episode today you are hearkening unto a wise counsel. And I'm not saying, again, that I'm the most wise person in the world, but I like to think that I take all of my thoughts from the Bible and that I've been helpful to some of you on this podcast. And so I know I have people on this podcast already that are hearkening in desire to be wise. And so I wanted to deal that with that as the first characteristic of a fool, that a fool thinks they're right in their own eyes. A fool thinks they can handle everything in life by themselves. They don't pray. They don't pray in the Holy Ghost. They don't fast. They think they got this thing. They think that they're the smartest person in the room. And the Bible says that when someone thinks like that, in the end, they'll come to nothing. In the end, the person that prides themselves up and puffs themselves up will be thrown down. And so that's number one, if you take notes, for a characteristic of a fool. And I, we found that in Proverbs 12, verse 15. Secondly, the number two, second characteristic of a fool, I want to find this in Proverbs 14 and verse 16. The Bible says, A wise man or a wise woman feareth and departeth from evil, but the fool rageth and is confident. I'm going to read that one more time. This is Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 16. A wise person feareth and departeth from evil. I think this was the King James because all the ifs. But a wise man feareth and departeth from evil, but the fool rageth and is confident. So the second quality or the second trait, characteristic, whatever you want to call it, of a fool is a fool has a false confidence that's rooted in pride and anger. I'm going to say that one more time. A fool has a false confidence not a good confidence, because confidence is a good thing. It doesn't have to be pride if you're confident. But a fool has a false confidence that's rooted in their pride and their anger. But a wise person, which is what I want to be, and I hope that's what you want to be, a wise person will fear and depart from evil. And so why does the Bible say that? It seems like, how is this one verse? Doesn't it seem like two separate thoughts? Okay, I understand. A wise man feareth and departeth from evil. Okay, I got that part. But the fool rageth and is confident. The second part, it doesn't seem to coincide with the first part, but actually it does. Because what the Bible's saying there is that instead of like a wise man fearing evil and departing from evil, 
and doing everything you can to separate from wickedness and sin, the fool has an angry confidence in himself that he can stick around and be around sin and that it won't affect his life. We've seen this a lot in the modern church, especially with young leaders and people that are in the body of Christ right now. They're so full of pride and they're so foolish that they think they can live a life that's sinful. They think they can do and present themselves to the body of Christ in sinful ways and they have a confidence about it. There's no shame. There's no repentance. There's no apologies. None of that kind of stuff is going on. But instead, they're prideful in their sin and they're angry when people call them out on their sin. And that is a key characteristic of a fool, as found in Proverbs 14 and verse 16. The fool rage and is confident. And so be wary of these kinds of people. Because that is one of the worst traits you can have. Because not only do they allow sin into their life, but then they're so prideful that they never reach the point of repentance and turn back to God and receive forgiveness of that sin. And so it's a very dangerous one-two combination when it comes to Proverbs 14, 16, the second trait or characteristic of a fool. Be like the wise person that you fear and you, not only do you fear evil, I'm not saying like you're shaking at night and you can't sleep fear, but what the Bible's saying there is you fear sin itself. You fear being seduced by evil. You fear falling into temptation. You fear displeasing the Lord. And that is a strong characteristic of a wise person that you fear that. And that not only though do you fear it, that you depart from it. You know, I'm reminded of Joseph when Potiphar's wife tried to seduce him and was grabbing him. And the Bible says he tore away from her. And before he tore away from her, he said, how could I do such a wicked thing against God? And so he tore away from her and ran full speed in the opposite direction of the temptation of Potiphar's wife to sleep with her. And so, understanding that moment, Joseph perfectly displayed Proverbs 14, 16 from the wise perspective that not only did he fear the Lord in not sleeping with Potiphar's wife, but then he departed from the evil. He ran in the literal sense. And I'm not saying that everyone will have an experience like this, but most likely you will one day in your life. But if you ever have to physically run away from a situation that is tempting you or sinful, you know, if you're with your girlfriend and it's late at night and her parents aren't home and you're on the couch watching a show and, you know, that kind of stuff and there's temptation, you might have to run full speed from that position and leave <laughs> to depart from that evil, depart from that temptation that might come. And so that's a wise thing. And so that's something you have to grasp as a young person, not putting yourself in situations that will cause you to fall into sin not only fearing it, not only understanding it from the word, but when situations arise that will tempt you into sin, you depart from it and you flee from it. Flee youthful lust, the Bible says in the, in the New Testament. And so there is a literal fleeing and departing from that thing in some cases, but most of the time, it might be something as simple as blocking some numbers of some old friends that will not be a good witness in your life. And I'm not saying you have to be mean. I'm not saying you have to be high and mighty and be angry at somebody. But you can make a separation from people that are not going in the same direction that you're going in your life. There's nothing wrong with that. And a lot of times the excuse is, well, I'm witnessing to this person. I'm witnessing to my old friends. I'm witnessing to my current girlfriend or boyfriend that's unsaved. But again, that is a characteristic of a fool. Because the fool is confident that they can be around evil and that they won't fall into sin themselves. And so, I hope you make that decision today from number two of the characteristics of a fool, not only to fear evil, but to depart from it at every opportunity that you can. And so that's number two. Number three, because I have eight of these, I'm not going to take super long on each point. But I want to just take some time on each one of these. This might even be a shorter podcast today. And so that's the first two. 
And that second one there was found in Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 16. Moving on to number three, we're going to find this third trait in Proverbs 15 and verse 5. The Bible says, A fool despiseth, I don't know why these are all King James, it's hurting uh, my mind. <laughs> but the Bible says in Proverbs 15, 5, it says, A fool despiseth his father's instruction, but he that regardeth reproof is prudent. Prudent can also be translated wise in other translations. And so number three for today, today's podcast is fools reject impartation and they disregard wise counsel. So in the first one, I dealt with wise counsel. But in this third trait, I want to deal with the topic of impartation because Proverbs 15.5 there says specifically a father's instruction, his father or her father's instruction. And in the Bible, a father almost always represents an impartation that you can receive um, not only counsel, but impartation is an even greater level in that. And for those that don't understand what impartation is, maybe that's a big word that you've heard in church a lot, but you don't quite understand what it means. Um, my cousin, who's also an evangelist, Ted Shuttlesworth Jr., he has a book called Further Faster, and it's all about impartation, and I would strongly recommend that you get that book. It's all about impartation. It will really help you. Um, but we can see in p different people's lives in the Bible impartation all the way from Moses to Joshua, from Elijah to Elisha, from David to Solomon, from Paul to Timothy, from Jesus to all the disciples, and these kinds of things. There are many more, but those are just some off the top of my head. But there is something in the earth that still exists spiritually, and that's impartation. But the Bible says a foolish person, and this might apply more to people in the ministry, and can, you're saying, well, can someone in the ministry be a fool? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely they can. There are many fools that are in ministry. Many, many. Um, but I want to deal with the characteristic of a fool that despises the instruction of a father. One thing that I'll always have within me, and maybe it's because of the family I was raised in. Maybe it's because of the family dynamic I had where all of my uncles, my father, my cousins that were older... Every single male in my family was a full-time minister, either a pastor or an evangelist, or at the time, youth pastors, different things. And so I grew up in a very um, interesting family dynamic when it came to spiritual impartation and being around men of God and fathers. And obviously, the strongest would be my own father, Pastor Terry Shuttlesworth. Um, but I think I have a pretty good life experience of what it means to be a son and what it means to receive impartation from a spiritual father. And not saying I've arrived or that I've received everything I need from my father, but I understand the dynamic of a father and a son. And foolish people will despise that. Foolish people, they will reject impartation. They'll think that they're less because they serve and they submit themselves under a father or a mother in the faith. They're so proud, and again, foolish, foolishness and pride uh, always coming into agreement, it seems. But really what happens is foolish people get so prideful that they disregard impartation and they think they don't need it in order to function in what God's called them to do, which this is not the case. Um, if you play your cards right, in a sense, and if you receive the impartation from that person, you can start off where they finished. That you can get a head start on ministry on your life by receiving from a man or woman of God. And so a wise person regards that, the Bible says. A wise person regards reproof, it says in Proverbs 15.5. What does that mean? That means someone that's wise, excuse me, doesn't take a rebuke to heart. Someone that's wise doesn't mind being instructed. Someone that's wise doesn't mind being called out on something that's wrong and being told to act in a different way, being told to operate in a different way. A wise person respects and honors that. 
But what you have in our generation is you have foolishness that displays itself in this way. They'll say things like, I don't care what anybody thinks about me. I'm going to be me. I'm going to do me. This is my ministry. This is my life. I don't care what my parents say. I don't care what my pastor says. I know what God's called me to do. And there might there may be very specific situations where your pastor or your parents are against you in something that actually you're on the right in. But I would say 95.9% of the time, most of the time, almost all of the time, the person that's in authority over you is right in that, in that circumstance and in that situation. Almost always. Almost always. Um, the only reason I said that there's a possibility is I've heard stories of people uh, that wanted to go to Bible school, for instance, and their parents were very against them going to Bible school because they wanted them to go to a regular university and get a regular job, and they were afraid of their child going to Bible school, how they'd be able to support themselves being in full-time ministry and things like that, but the but the person actually had a genuine call on their life. And so that's, only, that's one circumstance I've found where the person that was younger had a, a right to go to Bible school even though his parents disapproved of it. But other than that, I would say the spiritual authority is always right. And um, it might not always be your parents because not everyone comes from a Christian home and not everyone comes from a family like I was very privileged to come from. But you need to have a spiritual authority or an overseer if you don't have one. Maybe it's your pastor. Maybe it's your youth pastor. Maybe it's a, a leader in the church. Maybe it's an older couple in your church that have attended faithfully and are kind of leaders in, in, your, uh, in your church. I don't know what it is. I don't know what your situation is. But if you don't have counsel, if you don't have a leader, if you don't have spiritual authority... Get one and get them as soon as you can, as fast as you can. And then when you get them, regard their reproof, regard their teachings, regard their corrections. Actually listen to them and obey them. And the Bible says if you do that, you're a wise person. But a fool, and again, this was the third trait or the third characteristic of a fool. A fool despiseth. Ugh, that, that word in King James is really messing me up. Despiseth his father's instruction. And so that was number three of characteristics of a fool. The fourth characteristic I want to find in Proverbs chapter 18 in verse 2. The Bible says this. A fool takes no pleasure in understanding. A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing their opinion. I'm going to read that again. If you know fools, man, this is like the Bible is reading their mail right now. The Bible says in Proverbs 18 too, it says a fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his or her opinion. So I wrote for this one, the fourth characteristic of a fool is a fool is more interested in their own opinion rather than the truth. So I wrote that because when you study that word understanding in Proverbs 18:2, it doesn't talk it's not talking about the understanding of science. It's not it's not talking about the understanding of ancient history or anything that you could ever study in the world. It's talking about understanding the word of God. And so the word of God is the truth. And the word of God is what's going to help you live a life that's full of joy and life and peace. And so a fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing their opinion. And so fools, and I might not spend a ton of time on this one because it's pretty straightforward, but a fool is much more interested in their own thought process rather than the truth of God's word, which is always correct. When you quote God, you're never wrong. The Bible is what we live by. And it seems as more days pass the more fools arise that express this trait and this quality and this characteristic right here, Proverbs 18.2. That people have exalted other things above the word of God. Whether it be their own opinion, whether it be the doctor report, whether it be medicine, whether it be politics, whether it be um, 
the CDC or the WHO or Wall Street or any other organization, whoever it might be, they've exalted many, many things over and above the truth, which is the Word of God. But a wise person, they build their life upon the Word. Everything they do, everything they speak, when you pray, you pray by the Word. When you live, you live according to the Word. David wrote in the Psalms, he said, Thy word I have hidden in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. I mean, the word is the most powerful tool in the hands of the believer. And only a fool would take no pleasure in understanding it. Only a fool would have more pleasure in expressing their own opinion upon a matter. But I hope and pray that this podcast today will help you understand that that is a characteristic of somebody that you do not want to be. That is a characteristic that will lead your life to destruction, chaos, and ultimately death. Because that's what the Bible says. Nabal was the original definition of this word. A falling away. Something that comes to nothing. A fool. And so I don't want to come to nothing. I want my life to be blessed. I want God to be with me every step of the way throughout the years of my life. I want to take ground for the kingdom of God. I want to see souls saved. I want to see people healed. I want to see God's gospel taken all across America and the rest of the world. And I want him to use me as a vessel for his kingdom and his honor and his glory. And I understand that in order for God to use me, I have to operate and conduct my life in a certain manner that's worthy of the calling. And many people... They don't walk in a manner that's worthy of the calling they've received. They've exalted their own personal opinions and thoughts above the understanding of the Word of God. And it's a very dangerous place to be, especially as a minister, especially as a leader in the body of Christ, to think that there's something of more value than God Himself between the two leather pages, in my instance with my Bible, of the word of God. This is my wisdom. This is my life. Jesus told the disciples in the New Testament, and he said this, he said, the word that I speak unto you, it is spirit and it is life. And so I build my life upon it. Everything I do, I do in accordance with the Bible. It is the first and foremost authority over what I do and how I speak and what I think about. Without it, I would be drifting. Without it, I would be on a path that I would not want to be on. Without it, if I was relying on myself, I would be in a very dangerous place. The Bible says in Jeremiah 17, it says, Cursed is the man that puts his trust in the arm of flesh. Cursed is the man, in other words, that puts his trust in human reasoning in human thought, in the earthly way of operating upon this earth while you're here. Cursed is that man, but blessed is the man whose trust is in the Lord. And so I hope that helps you today with the fourth characteristic found in Proverbs 18.2. And I'll read that verse one more time before we move on. A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. And so that was number four, if you take notes. Moving on to the fifth characteristic of a fool. We're going to find it in Proverbs chapter 26 and verse 1. The Bible says this, As snow in summer and as rain in harvest, so honor is not seemly for a fool. <laughs> I'm going to read that one more time. Because you might say, well, what does that mean? Let's read it again. As snow in summer, so something's weird there. Again, doesn't snow in summer. And as rain in harvest. Again, something that doesn't usually happen. So honor is not seemly for a fool. And so the Bible's saying here that just how, just like snow is not good at when it's in summertime, and just like rain's not good at harvest time, so is honor for a fool. And so the fifth characteristic of a fool today is a fool does not honor. A fool does not honor. Honor. Let's talk about honor for a little bit. Honor can mean a lot of different things. 
You honor God, for instance, with your finances by tithing. That's an honoring thing unto God. You honor God with your life by giving it to Him when you accept Jesus into your heart. You honor God with your time when you fast and pray, when you read the Bible, when you skip meals in order to read God's Word instead, when you go to church and you don't miss a service. You honor God with your time. You honor God with your words by how you speak about Him, how you testify about Him, how you preach how you witness to somebody. You honor God with your body by not falling into sin, by not having sex before marriage, by not um, treating your body in a manner that's sexually impure and immoral. Uh, those are just some things off the top of my head. You honor, again going back to a previous point, but you can honor your father and your mother. And the Bible says your day shall be long while you're on the earth. You can honor your spiritual mentors by how you speak about them. You can honor many, many things, and, and you can honor God in many different ways. But the fifth characteristic of a fool is that honor is not seemly for them. And so I don't know why I chose these translations, but what that means is, is it's not something they want to do. Because just like you don't want snow in the summertime, and just like you don't want rain at harvest time, a fool does not want to honor anybody. And again, this ties back into pride. Because it takes a very humble person to honor other people. I mean, when you, when you talk about another preacher, another minister, someone that's doing the work of God, and you're complimentary, you're saying how God is using them, how powerful they are, how great their ministry is, You'd be surprised, seriously, you'd be surprised of how many people find that very, very difficult to do in ministry. Many, many people are like this. Why? Because of jealousy, insecurity, they're prideful, they're not humble, they're not willing to even speak a good word about anybody else because they're the best thing on planet Earth, they're the best thing since sliced bread. And so the Bible says that's actually a characteristic of a foolish person that they don't honor. They don't honor their friends. They don't honor God. Many different things. I'll say this, and it might hurt your feelings. If you do not tithe, you do not honor the Lord with your finances. Period. If you have sex outside of marriage, you are not honoring God with your body. If you don't attend church faithfully, you are not honoring God with your time. And so... I'm not going to spend forever on this fifth point here, but a foolish person does not honor. That's number five. Learn to honor and you'll be wise. Honor brings favor. I promise you it will. When you honor people, it will bring a harvest of favor back into your life. When you honor men of God, when you honor your parents, when you honor your friends, I'm telling you, those are all seeds of honor that you're sowing, and God will bring it back to you. That's how I know sowing financial seeds are a point of honor. Because as you sow it into God, God then brings it back onto you in favor and increase financially. And so, learn to honor and you'll be wise, because a fool does not honor. That's number five. And then jumping out of Proverbs for a moment, for our sixth characteristic of a fool. I'm going to find this in Ecclesiastes chapter 7 in verse 9. The Bible says, Be not quick in your spirit to become angry, for anger lodges in the hearts of fools. I'm going to read that one more time. This is Ecclesiastes chapter 7 in verse 9. The Bible says, Be not quick in your spirit to become angry, for anger lodges in the heart of fools. And so the sixth characteristic of a fool is that a fool is quick-tempered and easily given to anger. And if you've been around fools, let me tell you something, this is a dead ringer for someone that you do not want to be friends with. And I'll just say this for uh, people in relationships. I was going to say girls, women, but it's true, I guess, on, on both sides. But if you're around a guy 
and you can tell he has anger problems, and you can tell that he lashes out, and you can tell that it's very easy for him to lose his temper, that's not someone that you want to marry. That's not somebody that you want to be around because sooner or later that anger will be directed towards you and that is not a position that you want to be in. I'm not saying that this can't also apply to women, but I would say mostly anger is something that men deal with. I mean, I've seen I've seen women get angry for sure, but I would say in general, generally, men have the greatest temptation of falling into anger because they think it's a sign of strength. Uh, foolishly, they think this, obviously, but men think, oh, being angry, being macho, being a tough guy, being the alpha male, that's something that I want to be. I'm not going to let anybody do anything they want to me. And I'm not saying that you should not defend yourself and stick up for yourself. But if someone steps on your foot at the Walmart and then you uh, lash out at them and uh, you yell at them with all your might <laughs> and you uh, curse them out over the uh, Walmart monitors, that might be a sign that you have an anger problem. I'm not saying be a pushover. I'm not saying let, let people treat you any way they want to treat you. But I will say that anger is a big thing for young men that they need to deal with, especially before they find a wife um, and things like that, because that's dangerous, man. You don't want to be dealing with that uh, when, you're, when you're dealing with being in a relationship and things like that. That's not good because... No matter how good the person is, no matter how dreamy it is, I'm sure one day and one circumstance, there will be a disagreement. There will be something that occurs in your relationship. And you better watch out for anger uh, when those things come. And for women, you know, men uh, tend to get physical anger. Women tend to just get more verbally abusive. <laughs> and so, uh, obviously, I can't speak of the perspective of a, of a woman. But anger in this sense, is not from God. Obviously, there's righteous indignation. Obviously, there can be times when you can get angry at the devil, angry at the works of the devil. But that's not what we're talking about here in Ecclesiastes 7.9. We're talking about anger that is lodged in the heart of a foolish person. So, fools are quick-tempered. And I don't want to be a fool. Fools are easily given over to a spirit of anger and I do not want to be a fool. So learn to be wise and learn to control your emotions. Learn to... And honestly, I think a lot of times that anger in men comes from insecurity. Comes from wanting to be the biggest person in the room. Wanting to dominate. Wanting to rule. You know, these are all uh, qualities of the flesh inside of a, a, a man. You know, they want to lead, which are good qualities to have. But sometimes they want to lead to a point where it becomes toxic and it becomes dangerous to those around them and it's expressed in anger. But that's how a fool does it. You don't have to lead by intimidation. You don't have to lead by making people afraid of you. Because I've seen a lot of people, especially men, they lead by intimidation and fear, not love and respect. But I choose, I want to, I'm not saying I'm there, I want to lead by love and respect. One day, if I have offices for my ministry, if I have employees, if I have people underneath me, I want them to work for me and do things for me, not because they're afraid of my response if they mess up, but because they honor me, they love me, and they respect me enough to do it because of who I am. It, one, I'm not married now, but one day when I'm married, I wouldn't want my wife to do things for me because of my response. Because if she didn't do them, I'd get angry and upset with her and I would call her a name or do something. I want my future wife to do things for me and honor me and love me and respect me because I lead in the biblical way as a man. And so understand this, and I know I'm talking to the young men and the men for a little while here, but you don't have to lead through anger. You don't have to lead by making people afraid of you. That's not a godly trait. That's not a wise trait within a, a person, within a young man. Learn to lead by the word of God. Learn to lead by love. That's the best way. It's the most genuine way. Because people that lead by fear, as soon as the time comes for that person that's under them 
whether it's their wife or a coworker or employees, either they'll quit their job if they're the employee or, or they'll leave if they're the wife because it's an abusive, toxic relationship. And so young men, please learn to, li- to lead by love and honor and respect. And it'll be a, the best decision that you've ever made when you do that. And so that's number six, the sixth quality of a fool is anger lodges in their hearts and fools that are quick-tempered and they're easily given to anger. That was number six. And then rounding out our last two qualities for today, and I hope this has been enjoyable for you thus far. Again, this was a Bible study that I was doing personally. And while I was doing it, I was like, man, you know what? That'd be a good podcast. I think I'm going to do a podcast episode about this study that I've been doing. And so I hope this is blessing you today so far as we come up to the seventh characteristic of a fool found in Proverbs chapter 20 in verse 3. It is an honor for a man to cease from strife, but every fool will be meddling. Again, I mean, the Bible is so awesome because this is a quality that you'll see a lot if you know foolish people, man. I'm going to read it again. It is an honor for a man to cease from strife. But every fool will be meddling. So the seventh characteristic of a fool found in Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 3 is a fool or fool's desire to cause strife. They love to argue. They love to divide. They love to cause disagreement. They love to fight. That's a fool right there. That's a big quality of a foolish person, a big warning sign of how to find them right there. A fool will be meddling. (laughs) That'd be like a funny t-shirt. Fools be meddling. Uh, That's kind of an old, old school word there, but meddling, I'm sure you probably know what it means. But basically what it means is they stick their nose into everybody's business. They're always trying to hear all the latest gossip. They always want to hear what's going on on the inside They want to talk to you about the pastor. They want you to know that the youth pastor did this wrong and that if they were the youth pastor, they would do this differently. They want you to know that they don't like the dress code at the Bible school. They want you to know that they have the best way of doing things because they're so smart. A fool is always causing problems. A fool is always desiring to cause strife always desiring to cause unrest and chaos and division, debating and fighting and quarreling, all of that stuff. Fools love to do it. But on the second hand, it is an honor for a man to cease from strife. You know, kind of playing back into the last point that we talked about with anger, you know, with men again, it's actually the opposite of what you think it is when it comes to the biggest man in the room kind of thing. The biggest man in the room, the one that's the most godly, he loves to cease from strife. A godly man doesn't really care about getting into arguments and being seen as the smartest person. They don't care if people applaud them, they don't care if people think, oh man, did you see how Preston spoke to that person? And wow, he really showed them who's boss and all that kind of stuff. It's actually the opposite because it's honorable to be the man that ceases from strife. Not the one that causes problems, not the one that's gossiping, but the one that stops gossip. Not the one that's talking bad about somebody else, but it's an honor to be the one that speaks well of another person, speaks honorably about another person. That is wisdom. That's the kind of person that I want to be. But fools will be meddling. And meddling and gossip, I would say, is more of a womanly quality. You know, when it came to anger, I said that was probably more of a manly, foolish quality. But you know what the opposite is for a woman? Gossiping. Busybodies, Paul called them. Well, at least in the ESV. But women, not all women, again, I'm not speaking against all men, and I'm not speaking against all women. But men generally deal with anger and lashing out. And then women, a lot of times, they'll deal with gossip 
and they'll deal with being a busybody. They'll deal with being a meddler. They'll deal with putting their nose into everybody's business. And so, again, I am not a woman. I cannot speak from the woman perspective. But a foolish woman is a gossiping woman. A foolish woman spends her life dealing and talking about everybody else's life. And so that's not a quality that you want to have. Don't be an angry man. Don't be a gossiping woman. Those are two foolish kinds of people right there. And I don't want you to end up like those kinds of people. And so instead, man, men and women, it's an honor for a man to cease from strife. Be someone that ends fights. Be somebody that when the people are in a room together and they're just going about their day, when you walk in, it's just like peace comes with you. It's just like joy comes with you. Like, when you walk into a room, you just bring a lighter atmosphere because you're someone that's enjoyable to be around. You're not a heavy person, not like physically, but you're not someone that's just like bringing everybody down, everything's sad, everything's a problem. You know, it's not like when you come in, you're not one of those people that immediately you sit down and you gossip about the pastor and his wife or the first family or people in the church. Because people, let me tell you something, you will lose a ton of friends when you become that kind of person. And your only friends will be other gossipy people. But choose instead to be someone that brings peace. Choose instead to be someone that ends quarrels, ends fighting, ends strife. Is someone that brings reconciliation instead of division in relationships. That's who I want to be. That's who the Bible says is a wise person, so that's who I want to be. It's an honor. It's an honorable thing to be that kind of person. And so that's number seven. And then coming up upon our last characteristic, and man, there's so many. Like I have like probably 25 uh, characteristics here, but I thought I'd give you eight good ones. Maybe I'll do a part two if you guys enjoy this. And again, this was just a, a Bible study for me, um, but I hope that there's some helpful information in this that will benefit you and help you not be a fool because I pity the fool. That's a Mr. T quote. If you don't know who Mr. T is, I'm sorry, you can Google him. Uh, but the eighth characteristic from this podcast today, the eighth characteristic of a fool is found in Proverbs chapter 29 and verse 11. Let's read it together. The Bible says, A fool uttereth all his mind, but a wise man keepeth it till afterwards. So I'm going to read that one more time. This is our last characteristic for today of a fool. A fool uttereth all his mind, but a wise man or woman keepeth it in until afterwards. I'm not sure why I used, used the uh, King James. I sound so fancy today, even though I'm jacking up all the ifs. But the eighth quality of a fool is a fool desires to be heard and seen. A fool desires to be heard and seen. They place more value on temporary validation rather than the intended result. I'll read that again. The eighth characteristic of a fool. Fools desire to be heard and seen. They place more value on temporary validation. Temporary validation rather than the true end result. And so, again, the Bible is just so awesome. I know I've said that like three times already. But I really love the Bible and I love the book of Proverbs because there's so much in it that you can glean from and use. But this is something that I thought when I read it, I was like, man, the modern generation, my generation, they deal with this so much, especially in the fast paced social, social media generation of being seen, being heard, having a spotlight having attention, who can be the biggest whatever, this all, all this kind of junk, you know, is so prevalent in my generation, and it's especially prevalent in ministry. Because ministry, 
Not that it is this, but young people have turned ministry into a cry for attention. There are a lot of people, and I'm just being honest, speaking from my heart, there are a lot of people that aren't even genuinely called into the ministry, but they just use ministry because they're lonely and they need validation from other people. And that's dangerous. You know, make sure that when you minister and when you do something, you're doing it from a pure place in your heart. You're doing it from a place of desiring to share with somebody what God's been ministering to you and not a place of desiring to be heard and seen by people. Because let me tell you something. If you knew me, and some of you have known me for a long time, and you knew me when I was growing up and when I was a young teenager and stuff, I was the last person on planet Earth that you thought would spend the rest of their life public speaking. I mean, I didn't even talk to my family half the time. I was a super, super quiet kid. When I tell people that nowadays, they're like, nah, no way, you're just being exaggerative. No, it's true. Like, for instance, when I went to like 7-Eleven or like anything, like where there was a store I had to like check out, it would take me like three or four laps around the 7-Eleven with my drink in my hand just to work up the confidence to speak to the cashier to check out with my vitamin water or whatever. I had to like gear myself up because I was afraid. I was afraid of speaking. I was afraid of, you know, I was super quiet. You know, I wasn't the kind of person that you'd think, oh man, there's a, that's a preacher right there. I was the last person you ever think that about. But, and so I only say that because my ministry and what I do, this podcast for instance, I don't do it because I desire and crave attention. I don't do it because I desire to have the most liked pictures on Instagram. I don't even like social media. I didn't even have social media until I was like 19. And the only reason I had it, I made an account, was because I was running for the president of my class in Bible school and I used my social media account as like a... um whatever you call it, just like advertising in the school to like get my name out there. And so it's funny, it's, this is actually true. I use my account just to make like flyers and, and do my campaign speeches and stuff as like a 19-year-old kid in Bible school. I say kid, that was like three years ago. But um, so I used it for that and then I just turned that account that I was using to run for president of my Bible school into a personal account. And that's the only social media I have until this day. And so I was 19. And so I kind of missed out on all this fast-paced stuff with our generation when it comes to being validated by people. But man, it is like a disease. This whole mentality of Instagram life. Let me tell you something. That Instagram pictures are not real life. That girl that you're interested in, she does not look like her Instagram pictures. Just telling you. I'm just being super honest today. She doesn't look like that. There are many things. That guy on your Instagram that you like, he probably doesn't look like that. He probably looks close to it. She might look close to it. But Instagram is not real life. Validation through these apps and these social media platforms, they are not real validations. They don't matter. And I'm not saying that you can't use social media for the gospel. You know, I I put on my Instagram a thing. It was like a meme about uh, TikTok preachers. And I was just, it's just a joke, you know. And I hope it didn't offend anybody because TikTok, obviously, any social media platform, any, can be used for the gospel. But it's funny to me because with some people, not all of them, there are many people that use TikTok and Instagram and stuff really well and they impact people's lives through it. Of course, of course they do. But there are some people, and let's just be honest, there are some people that use that kind of stuff because they're lonely, because they're insecure because they need validation from people, because they like watching the light counter go up on their pictures, because they like to see how many views they can get, how many eyeballs they can get on themselves. That is their whole life. And that is not a quality of somebody that's wise. A fool uttereth all his mind. You know, not that Joseph in the end was a fool. He's probably one of the wisest people in the Bible. But remember in the beginning of his story, when God gave him a dream of his brothers bowing down to him and serving him and the wheat bowing to his wheat and all that kind of stuff. And then he woke up from the dream and what did he do? 
he told his brothers, like, hey, guess what, guys? One day, all of you are going to bow down and worship me. I'm the best, blah, blah, blah. And so he uttered all of his mind to his brothers, which was a very foolish thing to do in retrospect. And because he did this, he angered his brothers to the point that they faked his death, put him in a pit, and then sold him into slavery. And so people that have to utter everything on their mind, you know, you think that because I haven't put a podcast out in two weeks that I don't have messages I could preach on here every day. You don't think I could come in on here every day and do an hour? I definitely could. Does it mean I should do it? No. But I'm just telling you, I don't use this as an opportunity to be seen. I, I'm using this to try to help people with information I actually think is beneficial to their life. And so that's what my ministry is. That's what I want it to be. And I'm not saying I'm the most perfect thing. Again, just because I feel like I do something right doesn't mean I'm the best, most perfect person in the world. But what I'm saying is, don't be someone that has to utter everything in their mind, every single thing, and there's no filter. There's nothing that you reserve for yourself. There's nothing that's precious between just you and God. There are some things, I mean, Paul said this. Paul said there were some things that were shown to him in the third heaven when he had that vision that he wasn't even permitted to speak to people while on his in his ministry on the earth. And I'm not saying I've had that experience, but what I am saying is there will be things that God will speak personally to you. There will be things that God will speak to you personally that are for your life and your direction. And you don't have to share it with the whole world. You don't have to be like Joseph and tell your whole dream to everybody and get in trouble. A fool uttereth all his mind, but a wise man keepeth it in until afterwards. You know, I'm still going to do this. I'm still going to write my first book. But it made me think of myself because I'll call myself out. I announced that I was going to write a book way too soon because I had nothing written yet. And I was like, hey, I'm going to write a book and it's going to be out by the end of the year. I may have bit off more than I can chew because book writing is difficult and things like that. And so, hey, I'll, I'll take one on the chin here myself on this one, the last characteristic. You keep it in until afterwards. What does that mean? You keep it in that you're going to write a book until it's finished. That way when you announce it, you can be like, hey, I wrote a book. It's coming out next week. You know what I mean? But uh, that's a good characteristic. That's a good principle to follow. And I'm going to do that in the future. I wish I would have read that verse beforehand. And uh, But I'm sure everybody has experiences like that. But fools, again, finishing, coming to the end of this, a fool will desire to be heard and seen. They place more value on temporary validation rather than the true intended result from God. And so I don't want that to be your story. I want you to understand that God has some things in your life that should only be expressed to Him. Maintain that personal relationship and that will keep you in a wise place and help you in your life. And so I hope this help you, helped you. If you want to go back and pause and and take notes on these eight characteristics. Be my guest. I hope it helps you. It would make me happy if you did. It would make me feel like my work wasn't wasted. But again, if I never made a podcast about this, these are just my personal notes about this topic. And so I pray that this helped you. Before I go, let me pray for you and pray that the Word of God helped you today and that it will remain in you and not be something that goes in one ear and out the other. And so, Father, right now, I thank you for all of my friends that took time to listen to this episode of the podcast today. Father, I thank you that they will be wise. I thank you that they will step over and avoid these pitfalls and these traps of foolishness, these characteristics that your word declares accompany fools. Father, we desire to be wise. We desire to follow and listen and heed accordingly to your word for that is the foundation of wisdom. That is where wisdom can be gained is through your word. And so God, today, again, I thank you for all my friends. I thank you for all the partners of the ministry. Bless them today on this episode of the podcast. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. That's the end of the podcast today. But before I go, I want to mention that if you want to get into contact with my ministry, if you want to become a covenant partner, a financial partner with me, you can do so by going to my website, 
which is just my name, PrestonShuttlesworth.com. If you follow me on Instagram, the link for my website's in my bio. And through that, there's a portal to give. And you can click on that and you can give either a one-time donation of any amount or you can become a partner uh, monthly or I believe there's even options for like semi-annually and annually and things like that at any amount. There's not a limit. If you want to give $1 a year, be my guest. It helps me. And so if you'd like to do that, you can do that by visiting my website once again, which is PrestonShuttlesworth.com. I'm going to be traveling to Idaho this month. I have a week-long revival planned in California in the beginning of October. Uh, a lot of different things going on travel-wise, and so you can uh, partner with me in the gospel as I take it to another generation, and God will move by His power. And so if you want to do that, I want to thank you ahead of time for your generosity and your giving, and I hope to talk to you soon. Until then, I want you to know that I love you, God loves you, and I'll talk to you very, very soon.